Hello, Australia. Konnichiwa, Australia. Welcome to Dodging Armageddon. Dodging Armageddon. Welcome to Tokyo 2020. Now, even bigger and better in 2021. Let's cross over to two Aussies camped on the business end of a chopstick, poised to take the gold medal plunge into the miso soup. It's rampaging Roy Slaven and H.G. Nelson. Are you there, H.G.? Yes,、uh, TF Much, I come and ride and lock down in the Dodging Armageddon soundproof booth at ABC Grandstand Tokyo HQ. Their passion for gold is still there in that magnificent read on this final day of the 2020 Games, now being in 2021. And the desire, I believe, from the duo for more medals lingers. Welcome to Tokyo, where the shower on the top of the system is always golden. H.G. Nelson opening the dig on the Dodge for the final. Time and the final day of Olympic action. Welcome to day 15 of competition. This day that is traditionally、uh, set aside to acknowledge the contribution of Olympic crowds here in Tokyo and around the world. As His Supreme Excellency, the cook with all the firewood, said this morning at a well attended breakfast to acknowledge the Tokyo and worldwide crowds.、Uh, quote, No one showed up. It never bothered no one before, no one being here. But those who have bothered to turn up had the time of their lives. These games have been the best run ever since、uh, the beginning of time because everyone stayed at home and watched Bruce on Channel 7. Those were his thoughts. And,、uh, you know, at that point, the room stood and applauded. Uh, mainly for Bruce, I think.、Uh, his highest supreme excellency will thank everyone personally who, at a glittering afternoon tea later today, scones and strawberry jam from Harndorf and、uh, double bullet cream served with a lively Margaret River Chardonnay. It's going to be great. Coates expects the kerfuffle to take at least 15 minutes of his valuable time. Now, the medal predictions before the jump were remarkably on track. Aussie's best game since Athens in 2004, best games ever. Prediction was sixth. 16 gold and all up 40 medals. Well, sixth was spot on. 17 gold, of course, and 46 baubles all up so far. And there are some events where we might be able to score more medals later today. Now, overnight, the King of King Island, Stuart McSwain, went round in the 1500 metres water race. Captain Cheddar finished in seventh in a time of wait for it. Three minutes 32.91. Now, that time would have won him gold in every other 1500 metres since the line went round in Athens in 1896, and he would have beaten the line by the length of the straight. Elsewhere, Nicola McDermott continued her great form, clearing 2.02 to snare silver in the high jump. To relax between jumps,、uh, Nicola worked on a novel about a kid who dreamed of going to the Olympic Games and winning gold in the high jump. Great. She knew what she was writing about. Big tip. Now, in response to many queries,、uh, Russia did the double, picking up the gold in both teams and duets in the artistic swimming. The artistic swimming, remember the spiders?、Uh, it was just all great. USA finally won something on the track. The men's and women's 4x400 relay, both gold to America. Runner Sifan Hassan snared a, a big win in the 5,000 metres. And as we know now, she's missed one leg of that elusive middle distance treble. I've got to be honest here and say, I think she's the only person ever in the history of time to actually attempt this treble. I may be wrong about that, but、uh, to get two of them up and a bronze is some bloody achievement. Controversy in the karate.、Uh, first time in. Great result. Though it had everybody talking, and the gold medal stink, the Saudi Hamadi kicked Iranian Ganzajay in the head and knocked him out. The Saudi was DQ'd for the kick. The gold was awarded to the Iranian when he came to some minutes, well, some hours later. 
it was surprised as anybody to realise he'd got the goal. He thought if he had knocked out, surely the other bloke wins. But not sure what the karate concussion protocols are, but I think the AFL should take them on board, whatever they are. Before us is the closing ceremony. Matt Belcher to do the honours with the flag after winning gold in the 470s. He might be his second gold, and I think he might have a silver or a bronze in between. Now, before I let the man in the volley OC bolts off the leash to thrill us with a demonstration of his sliding prowess, can I take a moment to thank the whole Dodge team here in Tokyo and the ABC Grandstand for making the past fortnight of gold possible. And a thank you to Australia for having the vision, the guts, the determination and the game plan to be part of this festival of fitness on your lounge for the past fortnight. And now let's see him slide for one final time in Tokyo. Rampaging Roy Slavin, what highlights have caught your eye overnight, Jen? Taro! Yes, konnichiwa, HG-san. And konnichiwa, Australia-san, for the final time. And I've got, I'm welling up with a little bit of tears oh, here, HG. It's been very emotional You've done journey. incredibly well. Well, let's, look, a lot of people say it's hard on the athletes. <laughs> it's hard on everyone. Can, can I just say that? You know, it is hard on everyone, but uh, what about them boomers, eh? The boomers have a medal. Ding dong, the witch is dead. Man, I was so relieved. Broke through the ceiling. We broke through. We're on the podium for the first time. And how long has it taken? 50 years or more. Mm. So many dreams, so many players, so many players have put in, so many have players, so many have tried and failed. This slot didn't. And Patty Mills, 42 points. We, I mean, if we, we can talk, you know, casually about outstanding Australians, but this bloke has sent a bloody benchmark that'll be very, very difficult for anyone 42 to come here. 42 points. 42 points. Mm. Himself. 42 points. Extraordinary achievement. Outstanding. Outstanding. And uh, I look forward to seeing them uh, at, at the uh, AOC do a little bit this after, uh, a little bit later on this afternoon mm-hmm. that you've uh, already alluded to. Uh, and what about uh, Sinead Diver? Tenth in the marathon. What an outstanding Australian. Here she is. She uh, only started running at the age of 33. She's now 44, a mum of a few kids, and still had the the determination, still had the grace, still had the drive, Mm -hmm. and still had the uh, athletic ability. I mean, let's not put that to one side. Who knew she could run like that? Tenth. In the marathon, I just think that is an extraordinary... I've said to her, that's an extraordinary achievement. You are an outstanding, outstanding Australian. She was a little bit embarrassed and a little bit taken back by, um, you know, she thought I was being aggressive. I wasn't. I was just being excited. Um, Now, I'm looking forward, HG, to uh, the handover from Tokyo to Paris a little bit later on tonight uh, in the closing ceremony, or as they say here, ceremonies. Um... The uh, I'm led to believe there will be the traditional French stuff, you know, there'll be the can-can, the acknowledgement of the Folies Bergier and uh, their, their importance culturally, and uh, a tribute to La Pétamine. Uh, they've found a bloke who's just as good, uh, Pierre Lapiva. I've seen Pierre Lapiva's work. He's fantastic. He'll come out, he'll sit on the bucket, he'll suck up the water, he'll uh, blow it out, and then uh, he gives a version, or I think he's due to give a version this evening of Le Vion Rose through the back door. Look, it's there's nothing offensive about it. On paper, you think, oh, this can't work. This looks a little bit rum. Well, it's not. It's uh, elegant. It's... Uh, Gracious. It, it's, it's artistic. Artistic, yeah, it's good. It's artistic. Good. It, it elevates uh, flatulence in a way that, man, I'd, you just... Anyway, look, have a look at it. See what and, you and think. And then judge. Mm. But don't judge prior to seeing it. 
Um, there's been a lot of criticism throughout the week, HG, about the uh, long jump sand. It looked dirty. Well, I had a look at it. It's not dirty. Look, it's it's this this basalt. It's a volcanic area. The the black basalt gets into the sand. There's nothing you can do about it. It just looks scrubby. I know it looks scrubby, but it's not grubby. It's okay. And no athletes who jumped in the sand got infected in any way, shape or form. Let me just make that clear right now. Uh, I was just going to uh, postulate just a little on who might be leading the show in Brisbane, that is, uh, leading uh, Bocog. Now, there's talk of the murderer. This is uh, Hammer's brother uh, taking over the show. There's talk of uh, Peter Beattie, safe pair of hands there. You wouldn't get any criticism from me if Beattie was to take over Bocog and steer it through. But someone poking their nose... Into the frame is Campbell Newman. Uh, if anyone can get it done, Campbell can. He's the sort of bloke you need. You're the sort of bloke who, uh, well, he's not uh, stitched up by rules. Uh, he, he, he doesn't care about rules. He just wants results. And that's what we need, I think. Uh, so I've mentioned to His Highest Excellency that the, uh, the name Newman, C, representing Campbell, full stop, would not offend anyone in our team. Uh, okay. And as uh, someone said to me over breakfast as they were passing by, they looked, looked at me, gave me a wink and said, Roy, Roy Australia, sicko. Number of Billboard number one hits by Australian artists, 30. Number of Billboard number one hits by Japanese artists, zero. This is Dodging Armageddon on ABC Radio. I think that... Uh Runner, there's wrong. Koi Sakamoto, I'm sure, topped the Australian charts a million years ago. Ah, uh, it's a sort of novelty song, is it? Novelty song, yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. I think they were looking for genuine pop. Right, Fair enough. You know. <laughs> now, uh, obviously, we look back over this magnificent fortnight of uh, athletic achievement here in uh, Tokyo. A lot of people said it couldn't, couldn't happen. It's the biggest miracle that the games went on. It is, isn't it? Well, that's miraculous. Yeah. I mean, we've seen plenty of miracles this week, none more so than the one you alluded to, and Nicola McDermott. I mean, you could see her praying for a miracle, and the miracle happened. I mean, she cleared, what, what was it? Uh, 2.02. 2.02. I mm. mean, when you think about that, try and conceive it. Mm. You know, uh, Dave Colbert tried to explain to me, uh, or explain to uh, viewers and listeners uh, last night during it, he said it was uh, the height of a door. Right, that, at the that, height of a door. The height of a door, and that really put it in context. Uh, I mean, you can visualise a door, can't you? thing is, you can't imagine really jumping over a door, can you? Well, you can you can attempt in your mind, but you know if you try to convert that into reality, you're going to fail. Mm. Not so her. <laughs> now, what other highlights have caught your eye? Is it, uh, you know, the amazing achievement in the total medal tally of the Australians, and, of course, now these are the best games ever, mm. or the... the uh, Success yeah. of the spread of the medals, which is still staggering. Yeah, the spread me. of the medals is interesting, HG. But I, I, I seem, I, I, I tend to uh, put on Australian. Yeah, glasses, green and gold glasses. Green and yeah, gold glasses. When I look at these Olympics, it seems to me that having no crowds has brought out the better, better angels in us all especially in the Australians. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Australians, uh, there, there were no distractions. You know, there was no out and about partying, any of that sort of stuff. Still not style. Yes, mm. yes. And there, there, were, there were no temptations. There were no temptations. They, they, they no, were that's u- right. utterly focused. Yeah. Utterly focused for a fortnight. Um, 
I thought it was a celebration of Australian values, HG, Australian sportsmanship, Australian courage, Australian bravery, Australian fairness. Now, we, we can talk about these things as cliché, but they cease to be cliché when you see them in reality. Yeah. And we've, we've been witnessing these things writ large uh, for the last fortnight. Um, there's a sort of unguarded open honesty uh, uh, about our behaviour and about our bearing. <clears throat> the, the Japanese, towards the end of the fortnight, actually, I had quite a bit to do with them over breakfast, uh, were able to distinguish the Australians by their bearing, by their very demeanour, what the Japanese call their monogoshi. Mm-hmm. They said Australia has monogoshi. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I didn't know what that meant. Mm. Uh, so I went to uh, Google, I went to the thesaurus, and there it was, demeanour. Australians have something special. And uh, I think that's what's been evident this this week. Uh, the, the, the highest values, Olympic values, I think we've represented this week. It's not just simply, uh, you know, if you have Me a go. Me seeing it through, through Australian coloured glasses, you mean? No, I don't think so. No, it's not just... I, I tried to, you know, get other opinions from the locals, from mm-hmm. the Japanese, from the staff who were, who were serving us around the Bay Marie around breakfast time. You know, they, they're the ones I was listening to. Not that I speak Japanese. I don't. No. Uh, but I could, I could divine mm-hmm. what they were saying. Mm-hmm. Now, look, I had a minute spare earlier today, so I went back and had a look at the men's 400 jumps. Yes. This was by far the most interesting race... It was. ...in the Olympics, because yeah. it took us to a place we never thought we Go. No, there was the introduction of Australian style, wasn't there? <laughs> it was. Now, the 400 jumps, the Norwegian Carson Warholm, mm. uh, world record, obviously, and I just had to be reminded when I look that we actually went to that place. Yes. And what a great place it was to hang around. Mm. And then, of course, the illusion was dispelled because there was another race not long after it. That's or, right. You know, somebody threw a javelin and burst the bubble. Mm-hmm. But here we have Australians dominating in lots of sports. Well, we probably could have picked a skateboarder, maybe, yeah. a BMX rider, maybe. Mm. Uh, but to get gold in both of those and yeah. with brand new sports, brand new competition, brand new stars, yes. it's just been a wonderful achievement of the past fortnight. And the other thing that I want to get your thoughts on yeah. is the time difference, mm-hmm. meaning there's hardly any time time difference between Tokyo and, and the uh, east coast of Australia. East coast yeah, of Australia. Yeah, yeah. And well, so, well, that, well, that allowed the Australian public to be engaged in the way they hadn't been since Sydney. Yes, that's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. So you get this idea of Australians all in the tent together. Yes. Or, you know, obviously buoying each other up, geeing each other yeah. up, and people at home obviously being yeah. able to participate. That's right. Exactly in yeah. the same time yeah. as the events were happening. Exactly. Now, exactly. So it was a collision of a lot of interesting things, HG. You had the lockdown. Uh, COVID affected Australia. Everybody in, home. Everybody home. Large sections of the nothing else to do but put the television on and sit down and be transported to this other place, mm. this place we call Tokyo. Mm. There's this this dreamscape of Olympic glory. And remember, of course, because of COVID, there was no Tokyo bump. There was no, no. the athletes on prowl on buses or trying no. to navigate their way around the train system or no. whatever. None no. of that. No, no. Because you weren't no, allowed. No. And then, then it appeared to be as though it was stuck down in the middle of, you know, some desert yes. area. That's right. And everybody else was removed to about 2,000 kilometres away. Yeah, that, that, that's right. That's right. It, it, ena- it enabled a focus that we're... We, we haven't been unusual. able to have. and it, it, I mean, there's something to it, isn't there, actually? There's something to not having 
any of the public associated with it. There's something about having the athletes in control of what the athletes are doing. So it's the athletes performing for the athletes, by the athletes, in front of the athletes, enjoyed by the athletes. There's something refreshing about that. It's given the games back to the athletes. I think you're absolutely right. And that's who should own the games. It'll never happen again. I don't think it'll happen again. And as you point out all the time, is you don't like to see, when it comes to crowds, Australians showboating and pulling the head away from the athletes. No. That's what gave it a refreshing yes. yes, which may in fact happen again in Paris. Yeah, but, well, uh, well, it might. Should should the lockdown continue into, into the future, it'd be the best thing, just a shot in the arm that the Olympic movement needs. And then we come to the cost. Yes. I mean, I've got to ask you about this. I'm not year. interested in about the cost. No. Because, I mean, I mean you can't we'll try and put a value on, on what, what it's meant to Australians, Yeah, th- these games. On Spirit, spiritually. Oh, spiritually. Spiritually. Yeah. Put, try and put a value on that. You yeah. can't. No. You can't. Peter Bowl. Yes. You, well, put a value on that. You can't. No. You can't put a value on any of the boomers. Oh, the boomers. Try and put a, put a value on that. You started on the you boomers can't. again. You absolutely can't. Uh, it's, uh, what, what it says to me is, okay, certain areas need addressing in the Australian tilt down the track in the future. Crystal balling a little bit. Obviously, cycling we need to look at. We've yeah. got to have developed centres of excellence. You know it, I know it, everybody knows it. Uh, we need uh, men swimming looked at. Mm. Uh, mm. The women are killing the place. The women are killing the place. Always oh, have. Surely the, the, the women's coaches have got to look at the men's coaches and say, look, come on over, sit down. Let's go through what you're doing Wrong. because what you're doing is not right. Uh, certain team sports we've got to look at. Yeah. Uh, you know. That falling at the last hurdle yes. is a big problem for I know, us I still. hate that. I hate I that. I mean, we get so far uh, and we're so good and that something psychologically happens. There's a barrier there that someone's got to be able to... Uh, puncture. Puncture through... Resource, being satisfactorily resourced. Mm. I, I think Australian sport is largely under-resourced, HG. And I, I uh, took a call with the Shadow Minister, uh, might be Jim Chalmers, uh, and I said to Jim Chalmers that in my dreams, if I was coming up with a policy for Australian sport, it would be as follows. Every Australian child should have free access to all sports equally. Cold sushi, seaweed and sashimi, or a hot sausage roll with tomato sauce and timtam. No argument. This is Dodging Armageddon on ABC Radio. Ah, uh, yes, and if you wanted to get in touch with the show or uh, indeed uh, bludging on the blind side, roynhg at abc.net.au. Yeah. And the following people have, Roy. Uh, yes, if you have, HG, uh, remember uh, the gift we received, the saffron. Uh, ah, yes. In that marvellous uh, Yes, AOC. condiment, yeah. Oh, uh, now, what happens when you have too much saffron? Uh, Bill has been in touch. He says, uh, taking large amounts of saffron by mouth is possibly unsafe. High doses can cause poisoning, including yellow appearance of the skin, eyes and mucous membranes, vomiting, dizziness, uh, bloody diarrhoea, bleeding from the nose, lips and eyelids, numbness and other serious side effects. Well, I didn't know any of that. No. So I'm going to just use a pinch here and there. Okay. How, how much have you been using? A cupful? Well, I haven't used any yet, oh, actually. Still, I, I didn't know whether I was allowed to you know, undo, open, the packet. Uh, open the packet or not. Oh, you're worried I want, about to, get, I want to get, get back through yeah, customs. Yeah, no, I understand. Remember your, your friend there might be a couple of blocks of fruit and nut. Well, well that's true too. That's true too. Um, this has come from Mal. Uh, he says, early in the Olympics I read a news report that someone um, had won an event in a world record time. A couple of lines down, the report said that they had performed a personal best. 
Now, just before your broadcast yesterday, it was the ABC News where a Norwegian 400-metre hurdler, Carsten Warholm, mm-hmm. smashed his own world record. They then said he ran a personal best. Now, I was thinking about this and have spent many hours pondering how many athletes have set a world record at the Games but have not done a personal best. These statistics are really hard to find. Maybe with your connections in Tokyo you could investigate this. Look, this sometimes does have these, these weird aberrations do happen. I remember Herb Elliott, HG, back in the day, um, he did three, uh, three minutes 26, I think, which established a world record mm-hmm. uh, in 1960 in winning gold. But in training had run three, three 22 oh, yes. from memory. So even though he broke the world record, it wasn't a PB because he'd done his PB in the bush when he was uh, running around in the bush. Fair enough. Yeah. Be beautifully remembered too and so accurate. Yes. The recall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, uh, this comes from Sheehan in London. Ah, yes. says, one of my favourite sports is the modern pentathlon, which, as you know, is, a suppo- is supposed to demonstrate all the key skills an infantry soldier might need behind enemy lines. Correct. Uh, it's a quaint throwback to a simpler time, but it needs an update. Uh, resisting the urge to make a cheap joke about a more modern version requiring drone piloting, etc., etc., uh, perhaps we could add just another rotating historically themed pentathlon to the schedule to test other professional skill sets through the ages. The competitors wouldn't know which theme it would be until they arrived in the host city and were informed what skills they'd need to show, a bit like the mystery challenge on MasterChef. <laughs> you can't tell me a pirate pentathlon combining sailing, fencing, rock climbing, tug of war and some yet-to-be-determined allegory for wenching and pillaging wouldn't blow the doors off Brisbane in 2032. I'll tell you what, it would. Incredible. Did you see that the person accused of uh, thumping the horse had to yeah. go? Yes, I saw I that. Mm. I saw that. That's because the barricades weren't up and we could I see know, what was going on. Yeah, that's right. That's right. not to know. You know, it's like making a sausage. You know, I don't know what goes in it. Sorry. Uh, now, uh, just uh, Stephen's been in touch. He says uh, the golf has been great. I really loved having the golf oh, during yeah. the Olympics. Fine. He says, should Brisbane induce, introduce putt putt golf? Oh, yeah, they should. Well, yeah, well, I don't think there's a putt putt course left in Australia, though. Isn't there? I think they shut the last one down in the inner western Sydney some years ago. Why? Through lack of interest. Lack of interest. And, I find know, that hard to believe. People, really? People knocking over the windmill and all that putt, sort of stuff. Putt golf is just, just so much. Right. Look, it's family friendly. <laughs> True. It's True. family friendly. It offends no one. No. That's what I like about no, it. I don't think anyone was going, though. Now, Matthew Ryan has been in touch. Oh, yes. Um, now, he says there's been no reference in any of the Channel 7 coverage to gauntlets. Now, you referred to a gauntlet being thrown yesterday. I did. And that's the first reference to gauntlets that we've had all week. I know. Uh, the gauntlet... He's wondering what's gone wrong. What's happened to the gauntlets? <laughs> I think it's been superseded by Bring It Home. Oh, OK. You know. Yeah. There's no, you'd no need of a gauntlet if no, you bring it at home. If you bring it at home, exactly. Uh, although I did uh, notice Bruce the other night uh, used the term donkey's ages. I donkey's heard, ages? I haven't heard that in a you long You mean time. I haven't seen that bloke in donkey's ages? In donkey's ages. ages, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was really refreshing. Mm. It really took me back. And look, can I just thank all the correspondents who've been in touch over the last fortnight, HG. They have been magnificent. And uh, that more or less brings the Dodge Curtain down on a fortnight of Memories, Mates and Middles. Uh, but Aussies, Paris, 2024 is now so close you can taste it.
Mark these dates down. July the 26th to August the 11th, when the big show will be the only show in the oh, City of Light. Is that right? Look, uh, actually, I've just done a quick costing on the back of the envelope vis-a-vis... Yes. Uh, Brisbane? Uh, no, no, no. no. Vis-a-vis every Australian child having access to oh, or free yes. access to all sports equally. Uh, so if you lived in Mount Isa and you wanted to do laser-class sailing, you can. Uh, $3.6 trillion. It sounds a lot. It sounds a lot now... But, but it won't. In 2032. In, got it. And, of course, remember, the height of the door is your friend here. That's you it. <laughs> Imagine having 400 kids being able to jump the height of a door. That's my dream. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. We take you away uh, from Tokyo and hand you back to all studios uh, as part of the Grandstand Network on the ABC. Bye now.